High Five Gear is a proud sponsor of Above180.com. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Show your individuality and have your jersey tell your story. Online, you can order at www.high5gear.com today. Don't let fashion pass you by. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Thank you to all of our supporters and our fans. We appreciate it. Hey, bowlers, Bowling This Month is back. Bowling This Month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at BowlingThisMonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Hi, this is Parker Bone III, and you are listening to the Above180.com podcast with Tim Berg. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me today on the Above180.com podcast is Liz Culkin. Liz has two PBA titles, including the 2018 U.S. Women's Open. Liz is a member of Team USA and was also on Junior Team USA. Liz, it's Tim Berg here. Thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right, Liz. Well, I thought we'd catch up. It's been quite a while, but after your recent U.S. Open win, I thought it'd be good to talk again. So let's kind of chat through that. So after after the 24 games of qualifying, you're sitting in 30th place. So what was your thought going into to um, you know into that cashers round, and ultimately when did it when did you feel it started clicking for you? Yeah, I mean, the the ultimate goal in this tournament is to make match play. I mean. Once you make match play, there are so many pins to make up, you know, with the 30 extra pins of bonus with the wins, um, you know, obviously the top five players can pull away with how many pins are available there, but there's also the opportunity for the players that are below there to make up a lot of ground. Um, so my ultimate goal, once I made the cashers round was to let's just get to match play and then we can work really hard from there. So I knew once I made match play that I was going to have a chance to uh, climb up the ladder there. And I had a really good look in the first round of match play, had a decent um, block. I think I went six and two, which the sixth win was really important to have. And I was really excited because last year at the U.S. Open, I made match play and I only won one match. (laughs) So it was kind of an ongoing uh, joke that I was just absolutely happy because I won more than one match. Um, (laughs) So, but after that, you know, I, I had the look, so I knew as long as I was able to execute shots, um, stay around the pocket and make spares and win my matches, that was going to give myself a pretty good chance. Did you feel on the fresh is when you had the best look out of the whole week, or did that kind of come to you as you got into cashers and, and uh, match play? I mean, my look on all three, the fresh burn and double burn, I honestly felt like I had a pretty good shape to the pocket on all of those. Um, but I would say out of everything, my best look came a little bit later on the fresh, probably like game four or five. And then the burn, um, I had a really good shape as well. 
I ended up falling into the deviate creed. Um, I believe I would say later on in the first round of match play on the fresh, and I was able to use that ball, you know, for the next 16 or so games. I just had an incredible look to the pocket. The ball was going through the pins phenomenally. And whenever you have that, you really have to take advantage of it. So, Liz, then you do end up making – Liz, then you end up qualifying fifth, so you got to work your way up the stepladder. Now, there's two trains of thought here. You can either, A, be in the, in the number one seed and sitting right there and only have to bowl one game for the title, or you have to work your way through folks like you had to do. What would you rather do? And it seems to me like sometimes there can be an advantage if you're having to bowl those extra games and maybe have a few games under your belt. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I had told um we had an ESPN affiliate come in and interview us before the show in Orlando. And he had asked me a similar question. And, you know, when I won my, my first title in 2015 in Topeka, I uh, qualified fifth and I ran the ladder and um, I had told him that I was actually, I believe that it is a benefit to qualify fourth or fifth and be able to experience the transitions that go along with bowling on TV with the lights and everything else, there's a lot of different variables that go into bowling on TV. And when you're fourth or fifth, you get to adjust to that the entire time. Um, so it was definitely a position that I was in before and I was, um, you know, I had experienced it and I think it's definitely an advantage in my opinion to be in that position because then you can just roll with it. All right, again, Liz Culkin joining me today. Liz, you you just finished up some some Team USA stuff. We we um, right after your your win there, you went and did that. Now you were on Junior Team USA, but now being on Team USA, talk about that experience for someone and just the the bonding. I know you see a lot of the ladies out there on the PWBA tour, but this was a thing when you guys were all together and got to do some fun things, and then also work on some uh, some really cool things as well at the training center. Absolutely. So basically, I I bowled on the TV show Saturday night. And um, I was on a plane to Albany to that night to go home for about eight hours. Um, I had enough time to switch over suitcases. And then Sunday morning, I was on a plane to Dallas to go to the ITRC for Team USA. And, you know, I was on Junior Team USA in 2014. And I was lucky enough to also travel for the junior team. I went to the World Youth Championships in Hong Kong, um, won a few medals there, had really great experience there. And it was always a dream of mine to be able to, you know, return to the team as an adult. And I was able to fulfill that this uh, past January in Las Vegas. And, you know, the best thing about Team USA, obviously, is, you know, experiencing it with your teammates. And teammates like Shannon O'Keefe, you know, runner going for player of the year this year, uh, Kelly Kulik, Stephanie Johnson, Shannon Flahowski, all people that I looked up to, you know, growing up people that I consider to be my idols. And now, you know, I'm bowling with them as teammates and I'm learning from them. And just that experience in itself is really, really humbling um, for somebody like myself, someone who's, you know, trying to grow in their career and learn from other people. And, uh, you know, obviously the coaching staff, uh, Brad Ross, Mark Baker, Bill Spagner, Andy Dierks, all world-class co- uh, coaches that you get to talk to and, you know, develop from, and there's just, there's a lot of really cool gadgets too that we get to work with as Team USA, you know, we had this focus band that you get to put on and basically it shows you what's going on the left side of your brain and the right side of your brain. And, you know, it helps you clear your, clear your head so you can make a good shot. And there's just a lot of really cool things that we get to work with and experience on Team USA. 
Liz, speaking of great coaches, you bowled collegiately at Nebraska. So let's talk a little bit. How has your game? How has your game? I guess been molded from Nebraska to where you are now, and what sort of maybe subtle changes have you made, or is it pretty much the same of when you left college? Um, you know, Bill Straub and Paul Klempa. You know, like we were talking about coaches, they are two of the best in the world, in my opinion. Um, there's, there's no doubt. You look at the history of Nebraska, and you can't deny the success they've had with the coaching they've done. And, you know, I am, I'm really the player I am because of those two, the two guys. And I can tell you that I haven't changed too much from when I was a collegiate player there. I would say um, my push away probably isn't as um, rigid, I guess you would say, as it was when I was in college, it's a little bit more rounded. Now my timing is a little bit faster because of that. Um, but other than that, I really haven't done anything different. Um, I had a lot of success when I was in college, and I believe some of my best bowling days was when I was a senior there in my immediate career following after uh, in 2015 when I graduated. So I never felt like I needed to change anything, and I didn't want to mess with success. So, But, yeah, I definitely wanted to make sure that I was able to talk about them following my U.S. Open win because, you know, without them, I, I'm not the player I am today. That's for sure. And Liz, although, you know, we don't change sometimes as bowlers, like you said, the equipment and the technologies and things have changed around all of us. And one of the things we're seeing more on the men's side, but I want to get your take on this as far as on the women's side of things is your thing is being involved in it. It used to just be, you'd see a couple guys on the left side throwing at Jacob and, and, um, Oh, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to think, yes, of, you know, yes, yeah, for yes, for, <laughs> thank you. Uh, you'd see them throwing it on the left side, but now we're seeing it more even on the right-hand side. So have you noticed any of that on, on the ladies tour? And then also, cause you bowl a lot of men's stuff too. When you see it, what, what, you know, kind of moves or transitions are you making that are different from the men to the women's? Right. I mean, I can tell you right now that I can probably think of maybe two females that I see throw urethane, not even daily, but maybe just maybe just uh, every once in a while. And that's uh, Verity Crawley. Um, Jordan Richard throws it a little bit. Uh, Camila Dahmers. But other than that, Daria Payak throws it a little bit. But honestly, um, you don't see much of it at all on tour. Um, Shannon Plowski, you know, she's left. She's a left hander. She throws it every once in a while. But other than that, you really don't see it much out on the women's side. It really has not become a factor at all um, with the patterns that we see out there. It's really just not necessary. Um, I know, speaking from a personal standpoint, I don't throw it at all. Um, I don't even have a urethane ball in my bag right now since I've been with Brunswick. And that's just because that's a personal preference. You know, I, I would rather take my hand out of it, throw it a little faster, tumble it rather than throw urethane. I really am not a huge fan of the shape of urethane, but um, when I bowled on the men's side a little bit, um, you see it all the time, like you said. Um, and the way the lanes break down because of it is just really different than what you see bowling with women. Um, and honestly, I think that I had a lot to do with my struggles, honestly, the past few years, because my swing, um, my swing got a little bit messed up because of it. I tried to start throwing it harder. Um, my swing kind of got, um, away from my ankle and I kind of took a step back from bowling some of those events because it was honestly being a detriment for me. Um, but fortunately on the women's side of things, we really don't see very much of that at all. 
Okay, well, let's talk about that. You guys have a little bit of a break. Uh, you had yourself last week, you said, with Team USA, but your, your next event isn't until the end of the month here. So, so how do you stay sharp or what do you do? Or do you just take some time off to let the, you know, mentally refocus and, and, um, and let the body heal a little bit? Yeah, I can tell you right now, <laughs> I'm going to take some time off. Um, right, right after the U.S. Open, you know, I bowled 60 games at the U.S. Open, including the television shows. And um, I went directly to Team USA camp where all of us, you know, work really hard because we only get really one week to work together as a team with the coaches. So we all were working really hard all week. So right now I'm definitely going to take probably a few days here and just kind of wind down, um, spend some time with my family and friends, you know, celebrate the win since I, uh, I wasn't able to do that. Obviously, when I came home, um, spend some time with them. I, I like to golf quite a bit, so I think I'm gonna, you know, trade trade the balls in for a little bit for the smaller ball and hit some balls off the tee. Um, but after that, um, you know, I'll get back to work for sure because it's really important to stay sharp with all these ladies out here that are very talented and are working just as hard as you are. And you have to stay sharp. You can't take anything for granted. So. I'm definitely going to give myself a little bit of time off here, you know, two, three days, and then it'll be right back to work, you know, preparing for Lucy here in a few weeks. Yeah, you, you hit on right where I was going next. So looking at the Lucy, your partner is Richard Teese. So I'm always curious yeah. to find out how, how people get paired or how people end up bowling together. So do you mind sharing that story? Yeah, I mean, this year I, uh, I had started talking to Richie a little bit about um, ball motion and, and, and things like that. We just kind of started chatting I think through a mutual friend, we started chatting. And I know Richie is a really good player. He's been a really good inter- international player for a while. And he's, uh, you know, made a few TV shows on, on uh, the PBA tour and has been really developing in his career. And I feel like we're at similar points in our careers with um, kind of uh, rising up and learning from other people. And uh, I believe Richie to be a really nice guy. I really like talking with him. We have good communication, which is really important in a tournament like the Lucy, because obviously you're bowling together, you're lining up off each other, you're um, exchanging thoughts about the next transition. And I really think that's important in a tournament like this. So I'd asked Richie to bowl and he was excited and and we agreed to it. And um, I'm pretty excited about sharing this tournament with him. Yeah. So you mentioned that. And does that seem like that is probably the biggest key is being able to communicate with the person you're bowling with when you're doing a doubles? We have a lot of people that, you know, whether you're bowling a doubles league or a doubles tournament, and you're looking for a partner, is that something you look for that, you know, where I guess would you rank that and what, what advice would you have for other people out there? I think in a tournament like the Lucy, it's extremely important and really, really any doubles tournament, whether it's mixed doubles or, you know, um, male doubles, female doubles, it's really important to have a good communication system with your partner. Um, I know a lot of people at the Lucy, they kind of, uh, they take, I mean, there could be two really great players, but they could just not have very good communication. They could end up kind of distancing themselves and not bowling well because of it, because, you know, it's kind of hard to match up if you can't talk to the person you're bowling with. Um, So I would say it's very important in in a tournament like doubles, because you really have to have that good communication between each other to put together good scores. Quickly, I would like to remind folks, please remember to check out h5gbrands.com. They're one of the fine sponsors here at the Above180.com podcast. Check them out. Lots of great jerseys. You can design your own. You can pick one out. You can make your own. You can send them the artwork. There's no hidden artwork fee, so that's a great deal. The other great deal is 
Use promo code ABOVE180, and you're going to get $20 off your first order. So use that code to get $20 off. If you just want to maybe choose your individuality, you want to get something ready for your team coming up this year, maybe you're, you know, you're joining a new team, you want to get something going there, you can all do that. Check that all out at h5gbrands.com. Lots of great stuff. Maybe you want to get a, your favorite pros jersey. You can do that as well. There's a tab. Just go under the tab, and you can see uh, it says uh, H5G staff style. So you're going to find all those crazy Kyle Troop jerseys and other jerseys you see. Design your own jersey, though. Let your individuality speak for you. Again, check everything out, h5gbrands.com. And before we go, Liz, I want to remind folks, please remember to check out bowlingthismonth.com. Lots of great insight and articles there. On your left-hand side, you see the ball reviews. I know the BTM tournament just wrapped up not too long ago in Syracuse. I had a chance to get out and chat with Rick and Gail and run a great tournament. Always people there. A lot of great bowlers came out and bowled that tournament. A lot of great scores and on a very challenging condition. So that was at the BTM tournament, bowlingthismonth.com, where you can check out all sorts of information. Bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource all at your fingertips. Lots of great coaching articles. I'm seeing right now some stuff regarding a free swing. Also stuff on the PWBA Tour. They do their little roundtable thing. Always a great feature. Did that a couple of years ago and doing it again this year. So again, remember, check out everything at bowling bowlingthismonth.com. All right, Liz Calkin, I want to thank you for joining me. Very insightful, very uh, good knowledge. Final question before we go. You, you mentioned earlier some of the equipment you threw. What else is looking good in, in your Brunswick DV8 line that you're throwing? I mean, I can tell you right now, I threw two Brunswick methods on the U.S. Open show. Um, that ball is a symmetrical ball. It's going to be something that's pretty close to the Magsuit 055 that's been out here for a while, but that ball was amazing on the TV show. I threw a pin down and I went to a pin up when I started seeing a little bit labor down lane and they were amazing compliments to each other. That ball looks amazing. We have the infamous white ball coming out soon, the quantum bias. That ball is really great too. It's another uh, ball that gets down lane, goes through the pins like a train. Um, we have a lot of really great stuff coming out from Brunswick. Um, but I know the methods look great for me at the U.S. Open. I threw a black quantum quite a bit, uh, the DBA Hitman. I had a lot of really good looks at the U.S. Open with both Brunswick and DV8 lines. So I'm pretty excited about the stuff we have coming out, and everyone else should be too. <laughs> all right, Liz. Thank you again for joining me, and all the best of luck moving forward. you got a quite a busy six weeks as we look at the schedule with the, the Lucy coming up and then uh, five straight weeks of, uh, of PWBA events. So all the best of luck with those, and we'll be watching you. Sounds great, Tim. Thank you for having me.